everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of our Yasha Ministries Let's Rap Reveal podcast. I want you to know, as always, if you are listening for the very first time, it is not by chance or coincidence. I always like to say it is by God's divine order, and He has ordered your steps right to our Let's Rap Reveal podcast. For those of you who are returning listeners, I want to say once again, thank you. Thank you for continuing to listen, like, comment, but most of all, I thank you immensely for sharing my Let's Rap Reveal podcast. It is absolutely my honor and my pleasure each and every time I have a chance to share the word of God with you. For those of you who have been following me uh, with this series from February until now, you know that sadly enough, this is our last episode for this eight-part series. For those of you who may not be aware, we have been covering since February, generational curses, generational sins, sins of the Father. We have been covering in much detail the book of Genesis. We've been talking about generational curses and we started out, we talked about what generational curse means. Just for those who may not be aware, generational curse is described as a cumulative effect on a person or thing that their ancestor did believe or practice. I always say it is important that we know our past history and deal with those demons. We have to come to a place where we're willing to acknowledge and deal with those sins And I love to say, believe it or not, we all suffer from the consequences and the action and the choices and even some of the beliefs of our ancestors to this very day. So it's important to know what it is that your ancestor believed. It is important to know what sin they dealt with, what demons they dealt with. So we don't repeat the sins of the past. So we don't repeat the actions of the past. So we don't pass it on to the next generation. So for those of you who may not be aware, we started out covering part one introduction was you're as sick as your secrets. That was the intro intro to generational curses, generational sins, sins of the father. Then we went to part one sins of the father. We did part two sins that run deep. And then I did part um, three, which was part two of sins that run deep. Then we went on to part four, which was the next generation. And there was a part one and a part two uh, of the next generation, which went into part five. Then we covered part six, be clean and change your garments. On the last episode that you listened to, we covered part seven, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. For those of you who have not heard those uh, episodes yet, I do advise you to go back and listen to the intro as well as part one, two, three, four, five, six, and part seven before you go on to part eight. How many know that every day of our lives, we will have choices to make? Everything that we do, everywhere we go, we have a choice. You have a choice whether to eat, not eat, um, to lay in the bed or to get up. You have a choice to do the righteous thing or to sin. Every day our life is full of choices. When I think about Joshua, the 24th chapter and the 14th uh, verse, Joshua said in the 15th verse, he said, if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, Choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers serve, 
in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorite in whose land you dwell. But for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua made a choice on whom it was he was going to serve. I said that to say this, that there are generational curses. There are generational sin that follow all of our bloodline. But beloved, we have a choice. You have a choice to choose if you want to continue to allow these sins, these curses to dominate your life. Jesus Christ died on the cross, so the curse has been broken, but the choice is yours. I am your host, Elder Shanina Walker, and today on Let's Rap Reveals, we're going to be concluding with this powerful eight-part series entitled Generational Curses, Generational Sins, Sins of the Father, Part 8. The choice is yours. Let's wrap. On our last episode, we left off in Genesis, the 37th chapter. At the closing of the episode seven, Joseph was bringing a evil report back to his father concerning his brothers. We talked about how Joseph was Israel's favorite. The Bible says that he loved Joseph more than all his older children because he was the son of his old age. Joseph was way younger than that of his other brothers. He didn't grow up exposed to the things that they were exposed to in Paden Aram. Joseph was around six years old when they left. Remember, Joseph was born and it was then that Jacob wanted to leave, but his uncle Laban tricked him into staying and working six more years until God told him to leave. We talked about in episode seven, how Jacob began to worship and serve God. But by then the sins of the fathers have already taken a negative effect on his sons. His sons had some issues. So when they saw that he loved Joseph more than he loved them, the Bible says they hated Joseph and could not speak peacefully unto him. It had to be a difficult thing for Joseph when I think about it, growing up in a family where you were hated by your siblings and for no legitimate reason other than the father loved and favored Joseph more than he favored them. So Joseph was basically hated without a cause. When we look at Genesis, the 37th chapter and the 11th verse, we see here in this verse that it didn't help that not only did Joseph have the favor of his father on his life, but he had a gift from God down on the inside of him. Joseph had a dream that God had given him, a gift where he was able to see what was to come. Joseph was a seer. Joseph was able to see what would happen uh, before it even took place. Anybody ever had the favor of the father on your life? Anybody ever had a gift, but you found yourself surrounded by people, even worse, your own family that envied, envied and f the favor and the gift that God had put down on the inside of you? Is there anyone who's listening to me right now who's ever found yourself in a place like Joseph, where you know that the enemy of your soul was conspiring to kill you? In other words, the word tells us the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But we know that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, and he came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. The Bible said that they said one to another, behold, look, here come this dreamer. Anybody ever found yourself facing some dream killer? Do you know anybody in your life or anybody around you who has set out to just kill the dreams that you know that God has put down on the inside of you? 
you know what God has showed you and you know what God has said to you, yet there's people who are assigned to your life by the enemy for one purpose only, to make sure your dream is not fulfilled. Well, this is exactly what Joseph brothers were setting out to do. The Bible said they envied him to the point where they wanted to kill him, not a stranger, his own brothers, the one he sat with, the one he sucked with, the one he, he uh, talked to every day, those he thought that loved him not a stranger, but I'm talking about his own flesh and blood. That had to be difficult. That had to be hard knowing that no matter how they treated you, you continue to show them love despite. How many know sometimes our family members could be our biggest haters. They could be the ones that the enemy used the greatest. I'm talking about this thing that has been done and passed down through generation to generation. I'm talking about how Cain killed his brother Abel and, and then Esau, Joseph's uncle, wanted to kill Jake, uh, uh, Jacob his father. And now that same spirit is operating in Joseph brothers, plotting to take his life. So let's just read that. Let's go to Genesis, the 37th chapter. When we last left off, we left off at the 11th verse. So that's where we're going to pick up at. And let's just read it and then we'll run through it. So in the 11th verse, it says, and his brothers envied him, but his fathers observed the saying, and his brothers went to feed the father's flock in Shechem. And Israel said unto Joseph, do not thy brothers feed the flock in Shechem? Come and I will send thee unto them. And he said unto him, here am I. And he said unto him, go, I pray thee, see whether it be well with thy brothers and well with the flocks and bring me word again. So he sent him out of the vale of Hebron and he came unto Shechem. And a certain man found him, and behold, he was wandering in a field. And the man asked him, saying, What seekest thou? And he said, I seek my brothers. Tell me, I pray thee, where they feed thy flock. And the man said, They departed hence, for I heard them say, Let's go to Dothan. And Joseph went after his brothers and found them in Dothan. And when he saw him, when they saw him afar off, even before he came near to them, they conspired against him to slay him. And they said one to another, behold, this dreamer cometh. Come now, therefore, let us slay him and cast him into a pit. And we will say some evil beast hath devoured him and we shall see what will become of his dream. And Reuben heard it and he delivered him out of their hands and said, let us not kill him. And Reuben said unto them, shed no blood but cast him into this pit that is in the wilderness and lay no hands upon him that he might rid him out of their hands to deliver him to his fathers again. And it came to pass when Joseph was coming to his brothers that they stripped Joseph out of his coat, his coat of many colors that was on him. And they took him and cast him into a pit and the pit was empty and there was no water in it. And they sat down to eat bread and they lifted up their eyes and looked and behold, a company of Ishmaelites came from Gilead and their camels bearing spicers, balm, myrrh, going and carrying it down to Egypt. And Judah said unto the brethren, what profit it is if we slay our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites. Let not our hands be upon him, for he is our brother, our own flesh, and his brethren were content. Then there passed the Midianites merchant, and they drew and lifted up Joseph out of the pit, and sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for twenty pieces of silver, 
and brought Joseph to Egypt. And Reuben returned unto the pit. And behold, Joseph was not in the pit, and he rent his clothes. He returned unto his brothers and said, The child is not, and I, whether shall I go? And they took Joseph's coat and killed the kid of a goat and dipped the coat in the blood. And they sent the coat of many colors and they brought it unto their father and said, This have we found. Know now whether it be thy son's coat or no. And he knew it and said, It is my son's coat. A evil beast has devoured him. Joseph is without a doubt rent into pieces. And Jacob rent his clothes and put sackcloths upon his lines and mourned for many days. And all of his sons and all of his daughters rose up to comfort him. But he refused to be comforted. And he said, for I will go down in the grave until my son mourning. Thus his father wept for him. And the Midianites sold him unto Egypt unto Potiphar, an officer of Potiphar and the captain of the guard. So we see now what is happening to Joseph. What I did come to realize is that not all the brothers held the same level of generational curses. Not all the brothers felt the exact same way or played out the same type of generational sins. Each person um, had to deal with their own sin. They had their own choices to make. And we see here this entire story of Joseph is about choice which we're going to get into. So we see that Reuben, the oldest of Jacob's son, even though he had done evil by sleeping with his father's concubine, he was not willing to shed his brother's blood. He figured if I could just convince my other brothers to cast him in a pit, later on I can come back and deliver him back to our father. So he was not willing to have blood on his hands. Uh, so they cast him in a pit with no water. And they sat down and they began to feast on bread. And then along came a company of, of Ishmaelites headed down to Egypt. Remember, Abraham had two sons, which was Ishmael and Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob, which makes Ishmael Joseph's great uncle. These people are the descendants of Ishmael, the Ishmaelites that were headed to Egypt. Now, Judah, the fourth son of Leah, like Reuben, his older brother, he tried his best to intervene. He went on to tell his older brothers, he said, what is it going to profit us to kill our brother and conceal his blood? So he come to the realization that if we kill our brother and we conceal his blood, this is not going to do us no good. Uh, if you remember back in the bloodline, how it didn't work out so well for Cain, Judah had enough knowledge and enough insight to realize that this is not going to work out for us either. Remember, the Lord said unto Cain, your brother's blood is crying out from the ground. Um, so I, I said that to say that everything concealed will one day be revealed. You don't have to uh, worry about it, beloved. No matter what it is the enemy is doing or trying to do in your life, that thing the enemy is trying to do in secret, that thing the enemy thing he has already concealed, God is, has a way of revealing those things. God will let nothing be hidden or concealed. If not in this world, in the world to come. When we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, you can believe what it, whatever it is the enemies of your life are plotting and planning or think they're doing in secret, God has a way of revealing those things. So they begin to say, let's sell him instead. So they came up with this plan to sell Joseph. So they sold him the Bible say for 20 pieces of silver. When Reuben returned, so here's Reuben, the older brother now returning and realized that Joseph is gone. 
he becomes extremely upset. He he's so upset that he rents his clothes. He he knew that this would not be good. He knew that this would just do the father in. He knew how much his father loved Joseph and and how much it would uh, hurt his father. So he could not bear the thought of thinking about how the father was going to react when they had to go back home and give him this information. So what they did, they decided to conspire and come up with a lie and a story um, that they would trick their father in believing that a wild beast had devoured Joseph, that Joseph was dead. So here's that same spirit of lying, that same spirit of trickery, that same spirit where they're trying to uh, uh, manipulate, that same spirit of uh, murder. All of these things are playing out again in the next generation. We know that in uh, chapter 38, we see that the Bible starts talking about the next generation. Now the seed of the 12 tribes of Israel. And it mentions Judah marrying a Canaanite and she bared a son named Ur. And the Bible say the firstborn son was wicked in the sight of the Lord and the Lord slew him. And then it talks about the second son, Onan. He did something that displeased the Lord and the Lord slew him. So we see that those generational curses that they brought from them, um, over into the, the land of their uh, forefathers, they are on the uh, 12 tribes of Israel. Some of them are evil. Some of them bear children that were evil, bear children that did things that were wicked in the sight of the Lord, that displeased the Lord, and the Lord just, uh, took them out for it. So the generational sin just kept on going. It kept repeating itself in the lives of some of uh, the 12 tribes of Israel or the siblings of Joseph. But what I love about this story is Joseph made a decision. Remember the subject and the title is the choice is yours. Joseph made a choice. Joseph chose that he would not allow himself to pass on the spirit of anger, revenge, hatred, and bitterness. Even though he had every right to feel some kind of way, as a matter of fact, his siblings just knew that after their father had died that he would retaliate. In Genesis, the fifth chapter and the 18th verse, after everything was said and done and his dream indeed had came to pass, the Bible says that his brothers came and fell down before his face saying, behold, we are thy servants. But Joseph said unto them, fear not for I am in a place of God. But as for you, you thought it for evil against me, but God meant it for the good to bring to pass this day, the same dream that I spoke of to the saving of many lives or much lives. What I love about the story of Joseph is it, I, as I begin to meditate on this, was I realized that Joseph broke the generational curse. Joseph broke the sin over his life. He refused to uh, carry on those generational curses and those generational sins to the next generation, which would have been his children. Now, although Joseph was young, um, he did not grow up learning the evils that his brothers were subject to, but he very well could allow the situation and the circumstance that he went through to cause him to be bitter. And even though he didn't grow up, grow up over in Haran and he didn't learn all that stuff that they learned and he didn't see all the trickery and the betrayal and the lies and the, and the deceit and the dysfunction that occurred in the uh, bloodline of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, because he remember he was only six years old when his father moved away from Haran. 
But we see that he could have became bitter. He was sold into slavery. And not only was he sold into slavery, after he was sold into slavery, he was thrown into prison because he was lied on by part of her wife. He refused to have sex with her. Joseph realized and understood how great a responsibility he had been entrusted with by his master. He held nothing from him except his wife. But more importantly to Joseph, Joseph realized how much he loved God. And he knew and he said in the word that how can I commit this wicked act in the sight of God? So Joseph was a righteous man. Joseph refused to lay with her, not because of her. No doubt I'm sure she was fine. No doubt I'm sure... Joseph being a young man, the flesh was kicking up, probably tempting to Joseph, but Joseph knew that his relationship with God was more important than any other thing that he could do. He said, how can I commit this uh, wicked act in the presence or in the sight of God? So Joseph refused to do something that would be displeasing unto God. So I'm sure that the offer was tempting to him. After all, he was still a man, he, but he valued his relationship with God and he refused to sin against God or do anything that would displease his, his God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. This is the same God that was the God of Joseph. As I begin to think about Joseph and all that he had endured after all after he was lied on, after he was thrown in prison, after he was forgotten about, he was the second man in charge. He could have easily had his brothers murdered. He could have had them thrown in jail. He could have been trying to seek revenge. He could have uh, did anything he wanted to do with them. But the Bible says he was in a place of God. He lived before God with an upright heart. We need to know that we don't have to continue repeating the sins of the father. Again, beloved, the curse is broken. We no longer have to live under a curse. Galatians 3 and 13 and the 14th verse reads, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone that hangeth on a tree. So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles so that we might receive the promise of spirit through faith. Let me say that again. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law and became a curse for us. So that lets us know the curse is broken. We are no longer under the curse. Christ became a curse for us. And because Christ became a curse for us, we now receive the blessings of Abraham. Just like there was curses, there were blessings. We are privy to the blessings of Abraham. They said the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. That's us. We are the Gentiles so that we might receive the promise the, through the spirit of faith. It is by faith through the spirit of God that we can receive the promises of Abraham upon our life. We are redeemed now. We have a choice. The choice is yours, beloved. Whereas before we had no choice, we were doomed. We were cursed. We were guilty. We were sentenced to die. But the Bible lets us know in Deuteronomy, the 30th chapter and the 19th verse, the Lord uh, gives the children of Israel a choice, he, just like he's given us a choice. He said today, this is the day I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. We can now choose 
Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. You have a choice, beloved. I've read this scripture several times throughout this series, throughout this, these episodes, that we have a choice. We can make a choice. The choice is now yours. He said, I call upon heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Heaven and earth is witnessing the choice that you're going to make. He said, oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. So once again, as I always say, and I said throughout this series, it's not just about you, beloved. He said, you have to make a choice that not only you going to live, but your descendants might live. So the choices you make today is going to determine whether your future descendants live or die. It's going to determine whether they live under open heaven or whether they, or whether they live under a curse. The Bible also tells us in Numbers, the 14th chapter and the 18th verse, it reads, The Lord is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love forgiven iniquities and transgressions, but he will by no means clear the guilt, visiting the iniquity of the father onto the children, to the third, the fourth generation. So we see that this has happened. Remember when I talked about Abraham was the first generation. Then we had Isaac was the second generation. Jacob was the third generation. The children of Israel is the fourth generation. And now their children is the fifth generation. And we see how it just continued to trickle down and trickle down. When we look at Ezekiel, the 18th chapter and the 19th verse, it says, Yet you say, why should not the son suffer for the iniquity of the father when the son has done what is just and right and has been careful to observe all my statutes? He shall surely live. The soul who sinneth shall die. The son shall not suffer the iniquity of the father, nor the father suffer the iniquity of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon himself and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. As I said to you, beloved, the curse is broken. You have a choice. The choice is yours. Ezekiel is telling them right here, why should the son suffer the iniquity of the father? We don't have to. We no longer have to suffer the iniquity of the father. He said, the choice is yours. He said, those who do right and live righteously and observe the statutes, they shall surely live. If you do the righteous thing, you're going to live. But the soul that sinneth shall surely die. And we're not just talking about a natural death. We know we're talking about a spiritual death. There's nothing like living in hellfire eternally, where we are separated from God for eternity. Eternity is a long time. This little earth that we're going through, this little life we're living here, this is of a short span. This is but a vapor. I'm talking about living eternity in hellfire. I'm talking about in eternity being separated from the Father. He said, the Son shall not suffer the iniquity of the Father, nor the father the iniquity of the son. The righteousness of righteous shall be upon himself. So if you are righteous, you're going to reap righteousness. If you are wicked, you're going to reap from the wickedness. We know that the Bible tells us that the wages of sin are death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So you can um, either work, <coughs> you can work for the wages of sin and obtain death, 
or you can work and obtain eternal life. The choice is yours. First John 1 and 9 say, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We know that we have Jesus Christ who died on the cross. If we confess, if we come boldly to the throne of grace, beloved, you should obtain mercy. You can come faithfully and you can ask God to forgive you and he will faithfully cleanse you. He will forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. No longer will what your father did be imputed unto you. You, every man must stand before the judgment seat of Christ for himself. Only God can help us. We cannot depend on ourselves. We cannot depend on another man. We can only depend on God. God is the only one who can help us. Jeremiah 17 and 5 says, Thus said the Lord, Curses is the man who trusts in man. Cursed is the man who trusts in man and make the flesh his strength whose heart turn away from the Lord. So we cannot allow ourselves to trust in man or we're going to be cursed. We cannot allow ourselves to make the flesh our strength. Why? Because our flesh will fail us. Our strength is in the name of the Lord, who is a strong tower. The Bible says, not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. We can't depend on our own strength. We can't depend on our own might, but we have to depend on the spirit of the Holy Ghost to live and dwell on the inside of us and keep us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He said that we have to uh, know in Leviticus 26, 40 and 42. He said, but if we confess, if they confess their iniquity, and the iniquity of the father in treachery that they committed against me and also walk contrary to me so that I walk contrary to them and brought them into the land of their enemies. If then their uncircumcised hearts is humbled, they make amends for their iniquity. Then I will remember my covenant with Jacob. I will remember my covenant with Isaac and my covenant with Abraham I will remember the land. He's saying all you got to do is confess the iniquity. Confess the iniquity of the father and the treachery that you committed unto me and walk and stop walking contrary to me. Stop walking in your flesh. Stop walking in your own will. Stop walking in your own mind, in your own intellect, in your own emotions. He said, but you need to come bring your uncircumcised hearts and humble them. And he said, and make amends for your iniquity and I will remember the covenant. Remember, we are uh, reaping the blessings of Abraham. He's going to remember that we're part of Abraham's seed. We've been adopted into the royal priesthood because of Jesus Christ. Deuteronomy 28 chapter, the first verse through 68. When we read in the Bible, we see that there are 14 verses where God talks about blessings that you will receive if you are obedient, if you obey. But we also see that through that one through 68, there are 54 verses where the Lord spent talking about curses that will overtake us if we do not obey. He puts so much emphasis on being um of disobedience that there are four, 54 verses that cover all the curses that will come upon you if you are disobedient. So let's conclude this thing. Let's go ahead and wrap this up, this series. How do we break generational curses and generational sins? 
We observe to do and live by the word of God, the things he has commanded us to do. And the main thing is that we have no other God before him. He was very strict on children of Israel about them worshiping other gods and other idols. Remember, Jacob brought those idols with him when he came out of Haran. He brought them with him. And then he had to tell everyone in his family, put away your idols, put away these things. And then he turned his life over. So God is very serious when it comes to having uh, gods above him. He said, I'm a jealous God. I will have no other God before him. And keep in mind, you might not be worshiping a statue of an idol, but we can make anything an idol, anything that we put above God and put a, a higher than God, it becomes our idol. Whether it's watching television, whether it's food or eating, whether it's your children, whether it's your spouse or your wife, whether it's your job, whether it's money, anything can become an idol. So if we want to break generational curse, we have to observe to do what the word of God tells us to do. And most importantly, we cannot have no other God before him. We have to become self-aware of the destructive patterns in our life if we want to break generational sin. That means, as I said in the beginning of this series, beloved, you have to shake the family tree. We got to shake the family tree and become aware of what it is that's going on in our family. Educate yourself on your family history. Become aware of those destructive patterns. What do I do when I get angry? How do I act? What are my outlets? What are my triggers? What, what do I run to as an outlet? When I Do I run to the alcohol bottle? Do I run to sex? Do I run to drugs when I get upset? When things don't go my way, what is the destructive pattern? Do I get angry? Do I fly the handle easy? What what is, what is it? Remember, we talked about all the generational curses, all the sins, uh, uh, patterns of behavior in in um. Is it going to be in episode one? If you go back to episode one, we talk about that. Or maybe it was in the introductory where I covered all of those uh things that fall in bloodlines that 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 bloodlines tend to carry. Um, and we have to take accountability. The most important thing, beloved, is you have to take accountability of your own and your own past sin. You can't continue to blame your mother, your father, your uncle, your aunt. You can't continue to blame your brother, your sister, your friend. If you wouldn't have done this to me, if he wouldn't have done that, I wouldn't have done this. You have to take accountability of your own past sins. You have to look in the mirror, do self-inventory, be self-aware. What did I do? What did I do to cause this? How can I break this? Do not be afraid to reach out for help. That's the most important thing. We allow pride to get in us and we refuse to ask for help. So what do we do? We continue to, to try to hide. Remember, I told you you're as sick as your secrets. That's the devil. Number one trick is to try to keep you in isolation. Try to keep that thing hidden. The Bible says he that covers sin shall not prosper. If he can continue to keep that thing hidden and to keep you in secret, he's going to... Uh, um, He's going to reap rush out over your life. He's going to uh, cause you to be destroyed. But you cannot continue um, to be afraid to reach out to help. You can't continue to try to hide the sin in your life. We have to ensure that it stops with you. You got to make a conscious decision. You got to be like Joseph. You got to make a choice. The choice is yours. You have to ensure that the buck stops here. You got to ensure that this generational curse is going to stop with me. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I don't care what my daddy did. I don't care what my mother did. I don't care what kind of sins she had or he had. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to be an alcoholic. I'm not going to be a homemonger. I'm not going to be a drug addict. I'm not going to be in poverty. It's going to stop with me. 
You have to ensure it stopped with you. And the last one, accepting that generational cycle of sin or our responsibility to, to break. Declare it that it's going to stop with you. Accept that generational cycles of sin or our own responsibilities to break. Declare that it will stop with you. And beloved, I do pray that you have enjoyed this series. It has been my absolute pleasure to be with you for the last six months, from February to now, covering generational curses, generational sins, sins of the Father. Let's pray. Father, Father God, in the name of Jesus, God, I just thank you right now for the ears of every listener. I thank you for every heart, oh God. Everyone who's following this series, God, their life will never be the same again. God, I ask that you will go in and penetrate, oh Father, that God, you will forgive us for the sins of our past. You will forgive us for the iniquities, God, of our fathers. Oh God, that you would help us to walk, God, and accept, God, that the curses broken, that the curse is broken with us, that you are a chain breaker, that you are here to break every change, that by the blood of Jesus, the curse is broken. God, we accept deliverance today. God, we declare that our life will never be the same again. God, whatever it is, and whoever is listening to me right now, whatever that thing is that they've been holding on to, whatever that sin is and that generation of curse that continue to pl plague their life, if they will call that thing out right now, out loud, orderly, and denounce that sin in the name of Jesus. Denounce that generational curse right now. It shall be broken, and it shall be so in Jesus' name. We declare it. We decree it. We speak life and not death. God, we thank you that we're going to be blessed, God. The blessing of Abraham will run us down and overtake us, that we will not continue in sin, that we will not continue generational curse after to generation to the fourth, the first, the second, to the third generation, but it will be broken in our bloodline. And it starts with me. Father, I just thank you today for what you're doing even now. God, I ask that you would just move by your spirit, save, deliver, and set free. If there's one right now that is not saved, that do not know you in the pardon of their sin. Father, ask that they will repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I am a sinner. God, I realize that I am lost without you. I need you in my life. I believe that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. Lord, I accept that I am saved. I am delivered and set free, that my sins are forgiven. God, I am the righteous of you. Now, Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. God, come inside and cleanse me, and I shall be clean. God, I thank you today for saving me. I thank you for delivering me, but not only me, God, I thank you for setting me free to the first, the second, to the third generation in my life, God, to the fourth generation. We are free. I declare it. I decree it in Jesus name. God, I just thank you for what you're doing. God, they'll never be the same again. God, allowed them to share this word. Father, you said that your word would not go out and return to you void, but it would accomplish that which you sent it to do. So I thank you today for what you're doing. I thank you for how you're moving by your spirit. I thank you for how you're blessing your people even now. Satan, you a liar. You lost a battle over 2,000 years ago. The blood of Jesus is against you. You are already defeated. And God, I thank you for the victory for your people today. We declare it and decree it in Jesus' name. Amen. I just thank you 
as always, for listening, liking, comment, and sharing. If you are listening to me right now, I do want you to go to our Facebook page and be a part of our Yasha Ministry on Facebook. That's Yasha Ministry Walker on Facebook. You also can go to our Facebook group page and be a part of our Facebook group family, which is going to be uh, Let's Rap Reveals group page on Facebook. We also want to give you an opportunity to be a blessing to this ministry. We have a spot on the podcast where you can become a patron for as little as $5 or more a month. Whatever you decide to give, there's no amount too small or no amount too large. Whatever the Lord lay on your heart to be a blessing to this ministry, it will greatly be appreciated. I want you to know as always, beloved, I love you, but you better always know that God will always love you more. As always, it is my pleasure to bring you the word. I am Elder Shanina Walker, and until the next time, have a blessed day.